Next on BYU Sports Nation, the one hope for BYU basketball when the nation's number one team comes to Provo. BYU's all-time steals leader Jackson Emery joins us live. What has to happen for the Cougs to upset the country's last unbeaten team? NBA veteran and BYU women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins jamming with his opinions in Studio B and BYU punter Johnny Linehan on a VIP recruiting trail. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. We are live, BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, January 31st, wherever and however you have so chosen to dial in. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who believes he knows what the best Rocky movie is, Jason Shepard. I don't believe I know. I know. You know, and there are times, you know, where you feel like you're in a, a safe place, where you're with, you know, like-minded people, and, you know, that you're going to get the reassurance that you need. Yeah. Well, during our pre-show meeting this morning, we, we happened to bring up Rocky based off of a, of a tweet we got that referenced... Uh, Ivan Drago. Okay. And so I just happened to say, just assuming everybody was, I'm like, Rocky Four is the greatest Rocky movie of all time. And I get a look from you and Ben Bagley like I had just said the worst thing in the world. And I'm like, where's this, where's this coming from? Listen. It is the greatest Rocky movie ever. Rocky Four. How can you be so definitive in that moment? Because oh, man. Do I have to pick? I understand that it's maybe the most exciting or maybe has the best fight scene, but really, yes. when the Mikhail Gorbachev impersonator <laughs> stands up in that movie and starts clapping for Rocky, I'm sorry, all Wait. credibility lost. What Russian group is going to stand up and clap and hey, cheer for Rocky? The power of Rocky can turn a nation. <laughs> if I can change, <laughs> and you can change. Hey. While the Russian was was training in the nice facilities and had all the perfect equipment, what was Rocky doing? He was in a foreign land. He was chopping wood. He was running <laughs> mountains. He was lifting rocks. <laughs> the man the... ran in snow boots. Where's the original storyline in that movie? Look at Rocky 1 and Rocky 2, where there's actual, like, well-thought-out right. dialogue I, and character development. I threw out a Twitter a poll, and I just asked, which is your favorite Rocky movie? Right now, the people, this, this makes me feel so much better. Rocky Four with 52% oh. out of 136 votes. It's recency bias. How many people have actually seen recency the first was like three Rocky movies? <laughs> how many people have seen the first three Rocky movies? And how do you not love the scene in Rocky Two? And we watched this in our pre-production meeting Yes, when Adrian is laying in the hospital bed. There's the baby there, and she looks at Rocky, and she says, win. He's like, I want you to do one thing for me. He's like, what's that? Win. And then the music chimes in, and then Mix in the back goes, well, what are we waiting for? <laughs> amazing. That scene is amazing. It is amazing, but it's not, it's not the best. Rocky Four. <sighs> Anything with Dolph Lundgren cannot be the best thing <laughs> To ever. this day, I listen to the training montage music while I'm at the gym. I'm not <laughs> kidding. That happens every time. <laughs> Oh my goodness! You you relate your life to Rocky, which is why you love Rocky Four, right? Love you're it. Chopping wood, you're running up the mountain. Yeah, that's what, that's what you do. Yes, I'm like the man 
Took it all down to the basics. What has happened? And changed a nation. What has happened to our society in figuring out what movies are good and like what's just an exciting uh, action film, right? Yeah. You said you like character development. We were also talking about Shawshank Redemption. You're like, oh, I love the character development. Yet you like Rocky Four the best? Oh, there will be a Shawshank Redemption reference coming up very soon <laughs> in this A block. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Football National Signing Day. Tomorrow we will have full coverage on BYU Sports Nation beginning at noon Eastern. And don't forget a special second hour, brand new BYU Sports Nation afternoon special, 6 Eastern with the head coach, Kalani Satake, and the coordinators, Ty Detmer and Elisa Tuiaki. Yeah, looking forward to that. Tomorrow's going to be a fun day. Men's Hoops host number one Gonzaga on Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. That's where you can listen to it. You can see it on ESPN2. Now, after Saturday night's win over LMU, Coach Dave Rose talked about how this Gonzaga team might be one of Mark Few's best teams. His guards are really aggressive and strong. He's got four inside guys who can really score around the basket. They play, you know, they play fast. They play hard, aggressive. It's a good team, so we're looking forward to playing them, see where we, see how we match up, see where we are. Might be one of Mark Few's best teams. I dare say this is his best team. Well, and Coach Few doesn't like to answer that question. He doesn't like to talk about that. But of course he doesn't. But it, it is. I mean, there's, there's no argument in my opinion. This team top to bottom is fantastic. So does BYU have any hope, Jason? Do they have any shot against the nation's number one team? We will discuss that in just a moment. BYU men's volleyball has dropped one spot to number four in this week's AVCA poll. BYU hosts number two UCLA, their longtime MPSF rival, on Friday and Saturday at 9 Eastern in Provo. Friday's match will air live on BYU TV with Jerem Jordan, Steve Vale, and Lauren Frankham on the call. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The one, number one team in the country, visiting Provo for the first time ever. Again, undefeated, number one ranked Gonzaga coming to the Marriott Center. So while we were focusing on that little number one in front of Gonzaga's name, what is the one thing you all feel BYU has to do to beat Gonzaga? Jason, let's start there. The one thing that has to happen for BYU, not just to win, but even to be in position to win this game. The one thing BYU has to do is stop turning the ball over. Cannot turn the ball over. And I'm saying right now BYU's averaging 12.6 turnovers a game, but in recent games, over the last five, that's jumped up by four turnovers. And in the last two games, BYU is averaging almost 21 turnovers. That can't happen. That can't happen against bad teams. That really can't happen against the number one team in the country. I'm thinking BYU has to be less than 10. Single digits in turnovers. Wow. If BYU can keep control of the ball, not turn it over, not come away with empty possession, turn the ball over, and then send Gonzaga in transition, I think that will go a long way in helping to even things out. Single-digit turnovers. This is a team that has turned the ball over an average of over 20 times in the past two games. So how do you go from more than 20 to 9? Isn't that asking a bit much? Uh, It may be, but we said, what's the one thing (laughs) that you think they have to do? I think they have to 
protect the ball. Cannot turn it over. Limit empty possessions. Okay, now if you're going to pinpoint one player then, and I'll give you my one thing that I think has to happen in just a moment, but let's stay with the one theme, Jason. Who's the one guy you look at on this BYU team and say, okay, if he doesn't play well, then there's no chance BYU has of beating Gonzaga? You know, I, I think that the obvious answer is probably... Eric Mika, because he's the, he's the leading scorer. But I, I'm going a little different direction. Oh, see, I thought you were going to agree with me on something. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, but I'm, I'm choosing to go a different direction, okay. and I'll tell you why. Okay. I say it's Nick Emery. And the reason that I say Nick Emery is, if you look at Nick's stats, and I'm talking about field goal percentage and three-point field goal percentage, in the losses for BYU, his shooting percentage in both drops significantly. In fact, if you look at some of the losses, he averages right around 42% from the field in the losses. I'm just picking one, 37%. Uh, the loss to at Santa Clara was at uh, 167. Okay. So, I mean, the numbers drop significantly. So 16% if, if, yeah, so, so if, if you can have, if Nick can shoot a good percentage, I think that significantly increases BYU's chance. And you know Gonzaga's going to do whatever they can to keep the ball out of Mika's hands. So there's going to be opportunities for Nick and others to be able to make plays. And when Nick is on, one of the things he does is he scores in bunches. It's kind of that snowball effect. And I think BYU needs that type of offensive burst. BYU will have to put together some extraordinary effort to compete with this Gonzaga team. TJ Haas said it yesterday. He told us. We also were joined by Blaine Fowler, who said this about the BYU defense matching up with Gonzaga. they're going to beat Gonzaga, which is a big if, right? They're going to have to play the best defensive basketball game they've played all year, bar none, not even close. What does that mean, though? So I, I kind of thought a lot about that. And after talking with Blaine a little bit more off the air, he kind of reiterated, look, it's got to be disciplined, it's got to be smart, and everyone's going to want to be in a stance. He talks about the defensive mindset and how you – kind of accept that and incorporate it into who you are as a basketball player. If BYU can ride the momentum and the wave of emotion that will for sure be there from 20,000 people in the Marriott Center, maybe not quite 20,000, but close to it, then they've got a shot, right? They can ride emotion and play good defense against the Zags. What have we seen just for example, let's just go back, and, and trust me, I'm not comparing these two teams that it's BYU and Gonzaga, but just as, as a frame of reference, what was one of the things that San Diego was able to do when they beat BYU? Not only did they get hot, but they started to ride that momentum. And in some of these losses that BYU's facing, the opposition gets on this momentum, and they, they, they use that The longer a team hangs around... Yes the more they believe, BYU right? BYU has to do the same thing. I agree with you 100%. Gonzaga has been absolutely obliterating opposing teams' collective confidence. They're just blowing it wide open very early, yeah. and then they keep the pedal to the metal. If BYU can ride the emotion in an environment that Gonzaga has not seen, rise up, play their best defensive game of the season, then I think they have a shot. I'll back this up in just a moment with our stat of the day. But I think, as important as Nick Emery is, yes, I think he has a huge defensive role for BYU. Eric Mika has to be in this game. He has to play a lot of minutes. I don't think that he needs to go off for 30 points, per se. 
but he needs to be efficient. And for Eric Mika to be on the floor a long time, he's got to stay out of foul trouble. And you don't think Mark Few is telling all of his guys, attack Eric Mika. Get him in foul trouble because if Mika's out of the game, the whole dynamic changes for BYU. He's got to stay out of foul trouble, be efficient, and make free throws. He'll get fouled. It's going to be physical for him down low. But if he can make free throws and stay in the game, that will only help BYU. Which brings us to this, my friends. What's the one thing that makes you think BYU can actually shock the Zags with their 9% win probability via Ken Pomeroy? The Twitter question, please, Jason. What is the one thing that gives you hope for BYU against Gonzaga? Okay. Our first tweet comes from at MJZoo1738. The fact that it's at home is a big plus, two exclamation points, or exclamation marks. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Gonzaga is number one, they might play harder? They might. The they BYU, will play yes, harder. They will play BYU harder. will play harder because of the status and that ranking that Gonzaga brings into the Marriott. Hey, and this is not just BYU. This is any team. And we see this in college, high school, professional. You play to the level of your competition in a lot of respects. And you better believe BYU knows who's coming in here. And quite frankly, Gonzaga knows that their task is it's not going to be easy. In fact, there was a quote from Mark Few. says, it's going to be a battle playing at the Marriott Center. I think we need it. That atmosphere is unreal. They know they're in for a battle. Dave Rose has lost a total of 18 times in 12 years at home. 18 times in 12 years. That's roughly... Like one home game a year, a little bit more than that, a game and a half, okay? Point is, the Cougars compete well at the Marriott Center, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's average loss at home under Dave Rose is 7.2 points. That list over the years includes second-ranked Gonzaga by five. Third-ranked Baylor, sixth-ranked Baylor, sixth-ranked Wake Forest, and 13th-ranked Iowa State. In none of those games was BYU blown out on their home floor. They don't lose big in Provo. One time, one game in the Dave Rose era, they've been blown out. And by that, I mean a 15-plus point loss. It was to New Mexico, and it was the game after Brandon Davies was suspended in the Jimmer run. When you said yesterday that you think this is going to be single digit. I, I do not think you're crazy. I, I happen to agree with you. And this stat proves Dave Rose does not get blown out at home. Just a, it does not happen. BYU has a significant home court bonus. Yeah, I think it's going to be a single digit game because that's what history suggests. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, let's get the opinion of a former BYU basketball star and all-time BYU Steels leader Jackson Emery. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio conversation rolling right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. When you chime in, use the hashtag BYUSN and answer the following question. What's the one thing that gives you hope for BYU against number one ranked Gonzaga? 
BYU Signing Day is tomorrow. BYU Sports Nation will have it all covered with two shows. We'll be live at noon Eastern as usual with the latest on the Cougars signings. Uh, Jerem Jordan will be over uh, at the uh, the signing party. Uh, plus, we'll have a new edition at 6 p.m. East. Not new edition. We will not have the group new edition. Oh. Uh, but we'll have a new edition of BYU Sports Nation at 6 p.m. Eastern time with Coach Sataki and the coordinators. You just wanted to get a new edition reference in the show. <laughs> Aren't they like making a comeback now? Good grief. We talk about Rocky Four, and you think you can take this show over. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Joining us now on the Desert at First Credit Union Hotline is former Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Year, BYU's all-time steals leader and standout, Jackson Emery. Jackson, welcome back to the show, man. Guys, it's great to be on, and I love uh, love the conversation about Rocky. Oh, the all-time great series. Let's start. Let's oh, yes. start there. What is the greatest Rocky movie, Jackson? Well, you know, I love all of them, obviously, but uh, if I had to go for, like, the defining movie, which set Rocky, uh, I think, into just uh, stardom was Rocky II. Yes! Yes, Jackson! Thank you. Thank you for having a credible, reasonable opinion. I have to say, though, on on the poll question I threw out, that is last. <laughs> Rocky II is last. People don't know what's going on. <laughs> if you had to make a second choice, would it be Rocky IV, though? The Russian. What's, what's that? Yeah. I know everyone loves Rocky Four because he beats the Russian, and the Russian, you know, killed Apollo Creed. But at the end of the day, Rocky Two is what really cements his legacy, and that's where he really turned into, you know, Rocky, and where he learned what he needs to put into his, his you know, his effort and his hard work in order to be ta- become an all-time great. Wow, Jackson, really breaking that one down. Oh, I, I like appreciate that. that you are bringing logic and sense to this conversation, Jackson. Yes, you have done well, my friend. All right, let's, let's talk about some basketball right now. Uh, just out of curiosity, if Dave Rose said to you, hey, Jackson, you have one game of eligibility, we want you to play on Thursday, how many minutes could you give him? I got at least give him, depending on at a time. That's that's the key right there. If you said, "Hey, we're going to give you two minutes spurts, so <laughs> two minutes every media timeout," I could for sure okay. give him at least twenty. <laughs> as long as you break it up. Yeah, if you give me six minutes, then yeah, you're you're going towards probably like thirteen or fourteen minutes. It's about pace. So, Jackson, where did you expect this BYU team to be at this point in the season versus where they are? Yeah. Um, it's funny because when you look at the talent, you're obviously looking at the, the the ability that they have to beat top tier teams, but you also look at the the youth. You look at the the variables of not having a lot of players for the last couple of years who played collegiate basketball. A bunch of moving pieces. Uh, you could also see them struggle a little bit, and I think it's uh, gone towards that they've struggled a little more than I expected, um, especially against teams that you know they are more talented than. And so I was hoping at this point of the season we had some key signature wins. I was hoping that we would beat either Illinois or USC. Um, I was hoping that we wouldn't lose to the teams that we should have not lost against, uh, such as UVU, uh, San Diego, Santa Clara. Um, but at the same time, I mean, that's kind of been the story of this team this year is inconsistent road play, uh, not being able to defend the three-point line against teams that um, really have no business playing against BYU. But uh, I think that's just part of the learning process for this bunch of guys. And hopefully, um, long-term, 
that it's a great learning lesson that you have to show up to every game, you have to prepare for every team, and you have to perform at a high level uh, anytime you step on the floor. Does inconsistent road play not scream youth for this specific BYU basketball team? I and mean, we're talking about a team that has one senior, and he is a graduate transfer in L.J. Rose. Losing Kyle Davis, I think, has had a bigger effect on this team than uh, many want to give it attention to. What do, you, what do you think about the youth excuse, if you will, Jackson? Yeah, a lot of people you know, don't want to hear that, and they're saying it's about time they mature. Um, you know, look, look around the country. Look at Duke, for example. Duke has struggled over the past month, and a lot of it has to do with their youth. And those guys actually have veteran players. They have Grayson Allen. They have uh, Luke uh, what is it, Kennard. They have uh, you know, um, Jefferson. So they have a bunch of guys that they can also lean on, but those guys have struggled because they've had to depend on some of their younger talent. And you even look at you know teams like Kentucky. When you look at top tier teams, they they seem to go through these ebbs and flows. Um, unfortunately for BYU, the, these ebbs and flows have continued. I feel like a lot longer than some of these other teams, but they haven't had any senior to really rely on. And Kyle Davis, I was hoping to, that would be that anchor, and then he went down with an injury. And even though L.J. Rose is a senior, he hasn't played ball in two years. So there's so many new pieces, moving pieces, not a lot of veteran leadership to lean on that you're hoping these guys would mature quicker than uh, they have been. But I think we're seeing glimpses at times of what they're capable of doing. There are always expectations heading into a year. But this year, they're, they're, the, those expectations seem to be really, really high, despite this team being unproven together at this level. So my question to you is, how do the expectations of others affect a team? Well, it shouldn't, it shouldn't really affect them at all. Um, when I played, my expectations were always much higher than the public's. And I think that's what made myself, you know, a good player. I think that's what made my teammates uh, better players is that we had expectations to do more than what the public thought. Um, you know, in particular, I remember my senior year media day, uh, they were asking, you know, how do you like the schedule? What do you think of it? And I, essentially I just said, you know, I like every single game. Every game I see on there is winnable. We should win every game. And, you know, the, you know, then it was funny. They poked fun. I think it was Rod Zundel. He even said, you know, so you think you should go undefeated? And I said, nah, I don't think that. I think that I, we can win every single game. And if you don't have that mentality as a player, um, then that's, that's not the guy that I want to play with. But at the, I know these guys, they, they think they can win every single game. Um, but then it has to translate into preparation and practice and off-season workouts. There's so much that goes into that. But, uh, you know, public perception, public expectations, everyone thinks you should always win. Um, they're probably going to, you know, think most of them are probably saying, hey, they'll probably lose to Gonzaga. But if these guys aren't going to that game thinking they should win this, then, I mean, there's, there's something that's not right with their focus and mentality. We've been asking people to give us the one thing that's giving them hope against Gonzaga. And Ken Pomeroy's given BYU a 9% chance to win on their home floor. TeamRankings.com, 18%. Some people think that's too high because of what Gonzaga has done, and they bring in the number one ranking in the country. But what's, what's the one laurel that you rest BYU's hope on in this game against the Zags, Jackson? <laughs> Pressure. 
Um, what I mean by that is, you know, we're not we're not oblivious. BYU right now is not in the NCAA tournament running. They don't have the resume. Um, they've lost to teams that they shouldn't have lost to. So these guys should be playing loose. Like there's no pressure. They're they're not in the running right now for a conference championship. Uh, all the pressure's on Gonzaga. They're number one. All the talks around them, all the media, all the hype, everything on ESPN. So these guys are feeling the pressure. They have not lost a game yet. Can they go undefeated? Um, I've been in those scenarios where you're climbing the ranks and you haven't lost, and you, you feel a little bit of that pressure. There's a little bit of that looking over your shoulder. When are we going to lose? Who's going to sneak up on us? And uh, I think this is, you know, totally a pressured game for them and for us. I mean, it shouldn't be too much of a pressure. We're we're supposed to lose, according to the media and according to the fans. It's so it's one of those things. If you come in, you play loose, trust your teammates, play with the energy that the crowd gives you. I think uh, we could surprise them on our home floor. Yeah, when's the last time BYU was a 15-point underdog on their home floor and had less than a 10% chance to beat a team on the Marriott Center floor? So I agree with you 100%. BYU should feel loose and feel no pressure because the expectations are all that Gonzaga is going to come in here and do something that teams don't do often. That's blow out BYU. Yeah, and I, like you said, I don't even remember the last time Yeah, a 10-plus point underdog on your home floor. I mean, that tells you... Uh, the respect that Gonzaga has, and maybe the disrespect that they have for BYU, but uh, use that as a you know a chip on your shoulder. Go out there, and I mean, if that was me, I would I would feel disrespected and want to make sure that I prove that wrong. Well, playing off that, then when you get an opportunity to have the number one team coming into your building, what does a game like that do for a player's mentality? Hopefully it gets them excited, you know, gets them excited again, against, uh, you know, to play basketball. Obviously it hasn't been the season that these guys have wanted, but this is exactly the game that can project your season into, you know, a, a better, a better situation. I mean, that's what I'm looking at is it's like, guys, you, you go win this game, then you should have confidence that you should beat any team. And so I'm hoping that these guys are preparing the way they should mentally when they're practicing, as well as, you know, just in the off hours during the week that they take extra time to review the scouting report and game film and maybe watch some games of Gonzaga and really understand that this is, this is not just one game. This is a game that can get you going for the rest of the season heading into West Coast Conference tournament play. Let's talk about the uh, the things that Jason and I have already offered our opinions on, and that is uh, specifically who's the one guy for BYU you feel like has to have a big game for the Cougars to be in it? Yeah, I think uh, ultimately we all know Eric Mika has to have a good game. I mean, he our, our offense right now is built around him inside out. If they shut Eric down, then we're in trouble, but... Eric, we know, is probably going to get his points as long as he doesn't get in foul trouble. But I think the next you know, player that has to play really well is either TJ or Nick. I mean, those guys got to come in. We got to, if we don't hit outside shots, they're going to collapse on Mika. They're going to be, they're too talented of a team and they're too well coached. Uh, to not understand, hey, they're not hitting outside shots. Let's double Mika, make them beat us from the perimeter. So we have to have good guard play in order to free things up for Eric. And then everything just opens up, spacing's better, and these guys will play with a lot more confidence. Nick Emery with us on BYU Sports Nation, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. 
Excuse me, Jackson Emery with us. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that hasn't happened a time or 7,000, Jackson. Hey, honestly, right? At least just, just call me Emery. Then they don't know who it is. <laughs> now, I did notice something that Nick uh, told me the other day when I said, okay, what, what was the difference between uh, your, your early defense and why, why you've picked it up this season and, and why you feel like you're the guy now, the lockdown defender? And he said, well, my brother got after me. What did you say to Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know at what time. I, Nick and I have always had a lot of conversations. I, it, it, it's funny. You know, you look at defense, and defense is its kind of a poor man's job. Not a lot of people enjoy doing it. Um, it's not glamorous. It's not rewarding. Um, and But it's extremely valuable. It is essential for championships. It's essential for winning. And I told Nick, you know, this is where the energy starts. Uh, the last few seasons, last four or five years, you know, since you know, I've graduated and since we've graduated in 2011, it feels like our, our defensive play, there hasn't been that urgency. I mean, we've let teams score 80, 90 points on us. We're allowing 70-plus points a game, and that's just not – that's just not how you can win. Your margin of error starts to decrease dramatically. And if you get into these games where it's a shootout with Portland or anyone else and you lose those games, that can uh, ruin your entire season. So I told them it starts on that side. Shots will drop. Shots will not drop at times. But your defensive play and effort should never deviate. You should always give the same effort, the same focus, the same diligence in terms of what you're doing. And that will carry through all, you know, the rest of your teammates that are on the floor, the rest of the four guys, and just, someone's got to set the tone. And uh, I feel like he's really brought that um, that nastiness. He plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, he plays hard. And uh, you, you might not like playing against him, but if you're cheering or playing with him, uh, you, you definitely love it. Follow him at Jackson Emery 4 on the Twitter machine. Former Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Year, Jackson Emery, with us. Thanks, Jackson, for the time. Always, always nice to get the real talk, man. Let's do it again soon. Hey, it's great, guys. And hopefully uh, we get the win on Thursday. Look forward to a packed Marriott Center, and let's get the season back on track. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jackson. Have a good one, guys. Jackson Emery on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He's calling it how it is, right? This BYU basketball team is not in the NCAA tournament discussion. They've lost to teams that they have no business losing to, but this is the type of game yep. that can swing a season in a very positive way. Well, direction. and he's right. There's one team that has pressure on them, and that's the number one team coming in. That's Gonzaga. They've got to play in the Marriott Center. Yep. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we're back with a new edition of Between the Lines. New host as well. Johnny Linehan's involved. The Kiwi Cowboy! BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by Brady Industries. Clean solutions, a tradition for generations. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere if you missed it. Download the podcast to hear what former Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Year Jackson Emery says is the one distinct Major advantage that BYU has in Thursday's game against number one ranked Gonzaga. Well, interesting perspective. V- very interesting perspective. And uh, Jackson kept it real. 
It, I, I enjoyed that. You're, you're definitely going to want to download the podcast if you missed it and, and check out what he had to say. Obviously, talking about Thursday night's game, BYU hosting number one Gonzaga. That game will be at 11 p.m. Eastern time at the Marriott Center. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio. Watch it on ESPN2. Refreshing the rest of today's BYUSN headlines. Football National Signing Day tomorrow. We will have full coverage on BYUSN starting at noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, and we'll also have a second special hour live at 6 p.m. with the head coach, Kalani Satake, and the coordinators, Ty Detmer and Elisa Tuiaki, each and every signee and return missionary discussed tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's a big day, and don't forget to look ahead to August as well. Hit it! Countdown to the Vikings. 207. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm like the countdown ninja. You couldn't wait until tomorrow when it's actually like relevant. Like I would I would give it to you tomorrow on signing day. I'm the countdown ninja. You Here's never know when it's going to ha- it's going to happen. It's just coming from every every different angle. Love it. 207. I, yes. I've become mentally calloused. <laughs> to the countdown. Oh man. <sighs> on that note, Men's basketball, as Jason mentioned, hosting Gonzaga Thursday at 11 Eastern on BYU Radio. Dave Rose had some high compliments for this Gonzaga team and what they bring to the Marriott Center. His guards are really aggressive and strong. He's got four inside guys who can really score around the basket. They play, you know, they play fast. They play hard, aggressive. It's a good team, so we're looking forward to playing them, see, where we're, see how we match up, see where we are. Gonzaga has absolutely earned that number one ranking. Yes. Six and zero against the RPI top fifty wins against number five Arizona, number eighteen St. Mary's, number twenty four Florida. Most of those in road slash neutral sites. This is a very good basketball team, but why does BYU have a shot? Again, you can hear our entire conversation by downloading the podcast. Hey, good news, Jason. Men's volleyball is back with a rivalry match this weekend. That's right. They dropped one spot to number four in this week's AVCA poll. They will be hosting number two UCLA on Friday and Saturday at 9 Eastern. Friday's match you can see on BYU TV. I have some more good news for everyone. Between the Lines is back with our new and fabulous host, Lauren Frankham. Loudest shoes in the business. <laughs> Tomorrow is obviously a big day in the world of football with College Football National Signing Day. So in honor of the big day... Johnny Linehan had to get involved, right? He did a little recruiting and signing of his own. Let's go Between the Lines with Lauren Frankham. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Well, guys, this wasn't your typical signing day. In fact, Johnny didn't know who he was going to talk to, where he was going, or what he was even signing for. But luckily, he had me in his ear the whole time to give him the details. This is a little ditty we like to call Mike Depp. All right, Johnny. I'm starting a gaming club. I really want you to join. It's National Signing Day for Ping Pong. I'm starting a karaoke club. I really need you to sign for my chess club. This is for the darts team, but you look like you're a good good aim. We're ready to go. This determines if you should be... On my ping pong team. On my ping pong team. You made it. You made it. Sign here, please. Sign here, please. Put your hands up. Are you going to slap me? I need to see how quick your hands are. 
I need to Checkmate. see. Put your Checkmate. hands up. Checkmate. 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 I'm in your head. 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 Eye contact. Eye contact. All right, you're on the team. All right, you're on the team. You, me, staring contest. Now. Close your eyes. Keep it close. Say, I'm not blinking. I'm not blinking. This counts. It this counts. Just reading your mind is all. I'm just reading your mind, that's all. And it's telling me you want to join my chess club. And it's telling me you want to join my chess club. <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? You can open your eyes. Do cool. a dart throwing motion. Ooh, yes, you're in, man. You're wow. in. Wow. You're, you're in, man. You're in. You need to sign. You need, you need to sign as well. This is a no-brainer. You, you could even probably be out there playing basketball with that. Flick of the wrist. That was money. I'm starting a karaoke club. I'd love for you to join. When are you starting? Well, probably Monday. Probably Monday. It's just me and like you, though. A Tuesday night club night thing? Or just totally well, it's just me, though. Just you? And you. And you. <laughs> and you. Did you see my fake punt? Did you see my fake punt? Oh, at the Boise State? Yep. Yep. What do you think of it? This answer will determine whether you can sign or not. This answer will determine whether you sign or not. I didn't think it was the best decision, but it worked out for you guys. They didn't score on you guys, so. Wrong answer, good sir. Wrong answer, good sir. <laughs> I'm going to do scissors, but if you lose, I'm walking away. Okay. You don't get the sign. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You trusted me. It's better than the football team, promise. Especially the punter. Especially the punter. That guy's a tool. That guy's a tool. That's you. Do you know who I am? Are you serious? Are you serious? If I could make a living of kicking up balls and never worry about returning calls on the side of the field. Now do you know Wait, who I am? Now do you know who I am? Keep singing. Punting, kicking, loving every day. That's a prayer that the special teams pray. How about now? How about now? J-O-N-N-Y space L-I-N-E-H-A-N Look it up on your phone. Google me when I leave. You'll, Google me when I leave. You'll be blown away, Look it up. my friend. You'll be blown away, my friend. Okay. Anyway, could you sign to be on my ping pong team? Anyway, could you sign to be on my ping pong team? Chess club, signing day. Be there. I'm Johnny Linehan. This is my national signing day. Oh, baby, baby. How was I supposed to know? Oh. I would call this National Signing Day a success since nobody had any clue what was going on. Out of Johnny's 13 recruits, he had 11 signees. Two of the guys that he tried to recruit to the karaoke team didn't want to join because he kept trying to get them to yodel and they weren't having any of that. (laughs) So if you want to see the full version of this, which I promise you do, you need to follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL. Click on the YouTube link that we just tweeted out. It'll change your life. Probably not, but it's hilarious. Guys? Who enjoyed that more, <laughs> you or Johnny? You know, listen, I was in his ear the whole time. I just got to watch him do these stupid things. <laughs> he had to actually go do them. But knowing Johnny, he probably really enjoyed it. So I would say we were equally yoked. Okay. How are we not talking about the earmuffs? Like, how did nobody ask? And, yeah. and by the way, I came this close to buying those same earmuffs for my daughter. Oh, man. The guy wouldn't let him keep them. Hey, Jason, I just want to say Rocky Four. by the way, Rocky Four. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Yes. Get out of here. Get out of here.
You going to go with the Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Year and the all-time steals leader or between the lines over here? She agrees with me. So her. <laughs> Up next, jamming with Juddy on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Unless it's signing day tomorrow, yes. we'll be live at that time. Absolutely. BYU signing day tomorrow. BYU Sports Station has it covered with two shows live at our normal time of noon Eastern. Uh, we'll have the latest on the Cougar signing. Plus, as Spencer just mentioned, we will have a brand-new edition of BYUSN at 6 p.m. Eastern time with Coach Sataki and Ty Detmer and Elisa Tuiaki. There you go. Joining us now in Studio B, it's time that we jam once again with Shooter McJudkins. Jeff Judkins. Welcome back to Studio B, Coach. Nice to be here. That's for sure. How are you feeling after two overtime games last week? One of them uh, a comeback win in your own building and the other a loss on the road. Well, we, we would have liked to have won the game on Saturday. We we didn't really have as much chances as we did uh, to you know to win the game on a last second shot or whatever. But um, the game here was—I I don't think I've ever been a part of a team that's been down four points with 20 seconds and come back and win. You have to be—you have to make every play perfect in those situations, which we did. We hit the shot, we lucked out, they missed a foul shot, then we hit hit the shot that to really kind of. Put the, put the game back in second overtime, and then we started off really well. I think I kind of told you guys that in overtimes, the first two minutes are really important. If you score and get ahead of a team, a team panics because it's minutes, you know. And and um, so it's that kind of what happened to us on Saturday. They came down, got a three point play, and Fuller came down and hit a three and tied it. And then they came down and hit another three. And that kind of like. I don't know. We just kind of lost a little confidence, it looked like. Well, speaking of confidence, from a confidence or an emotional standpoint, how, how is the team handling the, the highs of winning the way you did in the double overtime and then losing in overtime the very, you know, two days later? Well, I think it's hard because we knew we had an opportunity to win the game at home like we did. Um, to win conference championships, you have to win games like that. And then we go on the road thinking that we should be able to beat these guys, and we started really flat. I think that double overtime game, we were flat. We came out with not the energy that we normally have and uh, um, did not play a very good first. That's what cost us the game. It wasn't the overtime. It was the first half defensively uh, doing it. So, Where is this team in terms of confidence right now going to Spokane against a very capable and talented Gonzaga team? That uh, for the majority of the West Coast Conference season has been at the top with you. Well, we have we've never won there, and so uh, I think my team is really excited about getting there and playing, um, playing with a great crowd. Um, they really have not played with the five except for the one time when we had the little kids here, but being on the road playing that kind of game, we really haven't done that. So um, we'll have to make some adjustments. We're going to have to. You know, what I found out the most with me at Gonzaga is that I couldn't, I can't communicate with the players as easy, like plays I want to run or what I want to try to do. So we're going to hopefully do some different things to get that, get that connection between me and the, and the players. Where has Gonzaga turned things around? Because they obviously had the, the two early conference losses and have gone on a nice roll. Where have they turned it around? Well, they've shot the ball better. Um, their perimeter players. They got zoned the first two games. They couldn't hit shots. Now they're shooting a better percentage. Secondly, um, 
Sparta is playing a lot better. She's, you know, she's one of the top three players in the league. So she's playing more consistently. And then Stockton is surprisingly putting up really good numbers scoring. You know, I you think she'd be more like her dad trying to pass it, but she looks to score a lot, and she's she's done very well that way. And then their bench has come in and really outplayed everybody else's bench. And uh, that's where we got to hope that when we sub that we don't lose that edge at all. Along with Jill Barta, I think you have the other two best players in the West Coast Conference. That's my personal yeah. opinion with Kalani Purcell and Cassie Broadhead. At what point did you start to think – Okay, Cassie Broadhead's going to be my leading scorer. I, I never thought she'd be the leading scorer. I thought she would take up the slack that we're losing Lexi, that she might not score 24, but I knew she would score um, enough points. And then four, I knew Fuller would score more than Kylie, which has kind of happened. It's kind of those two guys, you take, you take my two seniors that left, Fuller and Cassie have made up the points that those two guys left. The the problem the problem that's happened is that Cassie's playing too many minutes, and I think that hurt us Saturday playing all those minutes. Her and Kalani they get tired, and I've got to I, I just got to pull the plug. I got to I got to pull them out. I got to rest them a little bit and try. I've tried to do it in practice. I've tried to cut their practice times down so that they're not killing themselves. And my trainer Jeff Jeff has done a really good job of coming to me and saying, Judd, you got to cut this back here and cut that. That's what I'm trying to do. But um, she hasn't been a surprise because she's worked so hard. I saw the talent, you know, and she's playing with a lot. She's playing with a lot of confidence. Thursday's a pretty big night for not only you guys, but for the men's team as well. While you're at Gonzaga, BYU is hosting number one Gonzaga. As a coach, how would you approach, because you've been in similar situations like this, UConn, things like that. How would you approach having the number one team in the country coming into your building? Uh, first of all, I'd be excited. Um, I got that feeling before, but it was the opposite. We were in their building. Kentucky was number one when I was a junior, and we went in there and we beat them. Um, I think if you can't get up for that game, you're not get up for a game. The crowd's going to be crazy. You know, I think BYU was – this is probably the first game in a long time that I think the fans are probably thinking about this a whole week. Uh, but the one thing about Gonzaga, you got to understand, they they play a very hard preseason schedule for this kind of a game. They play tough people on the road to get in this situation. They always have. And sometimes when you're the visiting team, you almost play better on the road with the crowd and the pressure of it all. Um Gonzaga's been here, so it's not like this is the first time they've been here. Um, but I, I think BYU will give them a great game, and I think it'll it'll c- probably come down the wire. It'll come come down to who makes the plays right at the end of the game. Last time Kalani Purcell was here, we gave her some karma. She was one assist shy of that elusive triple-double yeah. and a couple of rebounds yeah. shy. She's been close a couple times, hasn't she? Yes, yeah, she has. You going to leave her in the game, Coach? I, you, know, you know, you know, if somebody would tell me, I probably would. But, <laughs> you didn't uh, know that? No. No, oh. no, nobody tells me really where they where they're at. <laughs> so I'm I'm subbing because I don't want her to get hurt, and I want some other kids to have opportunities. Uh, I'll make uh, eye contact with you <laughs> if we get close to that. Yeah, situation. you get close to tell. I will make eye contact. Right. You let me know. know. You got to tell one of my assistants or something. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> All right, let's give you some Sports Nation karma for the week. Uh, going up to Gonzaga and yeah. then uh, on the road again uh, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, we got a big week. Hopefully, we can come out and play our best. You know, we're going to have the same thing as 
Gonzaga, man, we're going to go into a crowd that's going to – this is their biggest game. Yeah. This game has been sold out since the first of the year. We are always their biggest game, and uh, hopefully we can take the challenge. Coach, good man. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Jeff Judkins in Studio B, bringing it as usual. Up next, we'll fill you in on the rest of everything related to BYU sports via the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Okay, guys. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. National Signing Day is tomorrow. College football. We will have full coverage on BYU Sports Nation starting at 12 Eastern Time. Don't forget, we will also have a brand new BYUSN at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We will be joined by Kalani Sataki, Ty Detmer, and Elisa Tuiaki. Men's basketball. Hosting number one ranked and the only unbeaten team in America, Gonzaga. Thursday night, 11 Eastern on BYU Radio. After Saturday night's win over LMU, Coach Rose, well, he didn't mince words. He knows how good Gonzaga is. You will all see it tomorrow night, excuse me, Thursday night, when the Zags come to Provo. Volleyball. Men's volleyball dropped one spot to number four in this week's AVCA poll. BYU back in action this Friday and Saturday, hosting number two UCLA at 9 Eastern. Friday's match can be seen live on BYU TV. Future guests on BYU Sports Nation, obviously tomorrow the head football coach Kalani Satake, offensive coordinator and Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer, the defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, not to mention both basketball coaches coming up later this week. Steve Cleveland, the former coach, and the current head coach, Dave Rose. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLod.com. Who deserves the Rise and Shout, Jason? How about Lauren for agreeing that Rocky Four is the greatest? Oh, really? No, no, no. Hey, no, no, no. Really? I, I'm just... <laughs> Wait, you're going to boo Lauren? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Now, uh, let's just move on to something better right now. Our elite tweet of the day answering this question. What's the one thing that gives you hope for BYU against Gonzaga? At Segura Christine says, quote, If I can change, you can change, everybody can change. Hashtag no more turnovers. That is a vote for Rocky Four if I've ever heard one. Thanks to Jackson Emery, Jeff Judkins, and everybody on the crew. Oh, Help Jason. Help him. <laughs> Audio podcast on iTunes. For Jason Shepard, I am Spencer. Shout out to Lavelle Edwards.